Welcome back, rugby fans, of course, to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Brogger, your host for today's activities alongside the familiar favorites of Rock, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and Scott, the big guy Ferrara. Who will they be taking on here today? Well, of course, we bring in Canada from the north, our neighbor, Doug Wilkie from the Toronto Arrows Group. Doug, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll try not to... Uh... Stick the knife in too far. Yeah, oh, I think it's been stuck in pretty deep so yeah. far. You can go ahead and twist it a little bit. It's agonizing, and the wound is still open. <laughs> but more to the point, Doug, um, you know, you're here to be able to offer us that great sort of other side of the conversation, a different perspective. We know, our fans know that we support everything North American rugby, and certainly the highest version of that is Canada versus the USA. And for those of you that are watching at home, this most recently took place in St. John's in Canada, which more recently, I think the last time they actually had a matchup of this nature was back in 2006. And we'll talk more about those details in a moment's time. But before we jump into this episode further in, I want to remind you what we do here on the Rugby Rant is brought to you with the help of really good partners, one of which is called CanIBrands.com who is certainly one of those great leading CBD products out there that is helping you mend, be healthy, revitalize, sleep, whatever it is you need, they probably got something to help you out at canibrands.com. And the reason I say this is because the one I have been using most is uh, the Can I Boost. The reason being, it's got a little bit of that caffeine kick in it. As you can tell, I'm on par today. I'm firing on all cylinders. <laughs> um, however, this just eight drops under the tongue and you're good to go. That little bit of an extra energy boost, uh, you know, it doesn't last all day, um, which is why you can have the can I refresh <laughs> mm -hmm. when it starts to dip a little bit. Um, this one is the oral spray. I know Rob's a fan of this one, right? Yeah, absolutely. I use it with a can I sleep. You know, again, it's one of those things where, uh, like Dougie over there, you know, we have to get up early and uh, go work with kids. And that can always be uh, a challenge. You got to be on your toes and you can't be, um, you know, uh, sleeping on the job. You got to be with it. So I hit the can I sleep, get to bed, wake up refreshed, ready to go and tackle my day and tackle my kit. Never mind. I don't tackle kids. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's all good. I like the can I sleep. <laughs> That's not the advert we're doing here, Rob. <laughs> but more to the point, though, um, you know, it's it's got a little bit of something for everybody. And I think Scott was sharing that he's got the Can I Sleep uh, oral spray right there. Um, Correct. You know, whether whatever time of the day it is and whatever you need, they've probably got something that works. I know also, Scott, it's important to you that these products are zero THC as well, right? Correct. Yeah, all these products are zero THC and, you know, this country has an epidemic of people who have opioid addictions, um, you know, so we want something that can help you without being detrimental to you. So speaking of that, uh, went to my sister-in-law's wedding this weekend, had brand new dress shoes on, and I didn't get to break them in beforehand. And my feet were killing me after, you know, eight hours of cutting a rug. <laughs> Dogs so are barking. You know yeah, you know what I use is the Can I Mend. Uh, I used the bomb, the Can I Mend bomb. It was great. Uh, Sunday morning for the brunch, I was up, I was at him. And you know what? If you use the code RANT25 at canibrands.com, you get 25% off your entire purchase. Whatever you're getting, you're getting 25% off. If you spend more than $49, it's free shipping across the continental United States. So, guys, go to canibrands.com and use the code RUGBYRANT20, or excuse me, RUGBY, excuse me, 
Rant25, let me say it four more go. times. <laughs> there we go. Use the code Rant25 at caninebrands.com. You guys get a discount. You guys help us out a little bit. And you know what? They're great products. Can't say more, can't say enough about them. Right. Is that the post wedding celebration, Scott? The Mrs. Big Guy was rubbing your feet with the can I? The <laughs> yeah, right. she was. She was face down. Mrs. Big Guy had a great time. Uh, Mr. Big Guy, his feet were killed him. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's a, a different episode there. <laughs> but uh, let's dive back into uh, the action here, talking about rugby. Uh, the rugby rant, as you know, as a fan of the rugby rant. It's all about debate. It's all about the controversial points, uh, the different viewpoints. And that's why we brought these guys here together, because this past week revealed a revelation for one side and certain honors being delivered to the other side. And we're here to be able to debate that in more detail. But to help frame the conversation and remind you exactly what we're talking about, the Rugby World Cup qualifiers, the first of two legs took place this past week in St. John's, Canada, an unusual setting for a game of this nature. And just to be able to help you understand some of the historical records that lay before these two, before this matchup, U.S. and Canada both have met in counting this match 64 times uh, in their recent history. And with that in mind, 38 victories have been for Canada. 23 of those matches have been won by the USA, two of them being drawn. Now, more recently, 2001 to 2016, 14 of the 16 matches between these two, Canada came out on top. Then in more recent days, most recent history, 2014 to 2021, excluding, sorry, including this past matchup, which was a loss for US, it is 11 out of 13 wins for USA. So this was ag- against the, the, the usual form that they've had over the numerous years uh, leading up to this one. Uh, but more, as I said, the last time these two teams met in St. John at Swiler's Rugby Football Club in St. John's, Canada, in 2006, the scoreline was 56-7 in favor of Canada. So it seems as... They portrayed it in the press. Lightning has struck twice, right? That's what they they coined the phrase around this matchup. And what we're going to do is hand it around the table for these gentlemen to do what they do best, is to give them two minutes to be able to rant about this topic. Talking about the match alone, once they've each had their turn, we'll continue forward into the second leg predictions, which will take place in Glendale in this upcoming week, September 11th, USA, on their home turf, battling out against Canada. To open up this rant, we're going to hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt to be able to lead us into this rant. So remember what, what, what Ty said last week, you know, three guys who think they know something about rugby. Well, three guys <laughs> who think they know something about rugby, actually four guys, because included Paul Emmerich, all predicted USA victory. So what do we know? Um, you know, I think I picked, it at, uh, picked the U.S. by 10 and uh, fell flat on my face. Uh, the U.S. just beat the United States, uh, sorry, uh, Canada beat the United States around the pitch, plain and simple. Um, you know, uh, in spite of having 20 minutes to sin bid in the first half, the, the United States only found itself, I think, up by four at half. Um, didn't really take advantage of the sin bins at all to score some points, which is un- uh, unfortunate for the United States. 
I just felt they didn't have any very few consistent phases of play. They finally developed some in the last five minutes. It resulted in a try um, by Lopete. Um, but other than that, they just – and they couldn't control their own possession. What shocked me was the fact that, okay, so the Newfoundland, granite, the winds are swirling, right? But they tested the Canadian backs and wingers early, and uh, those guys played the ball very well. So why are we kicking away possession then after we know that they're playing ball very well uh, under, uh, you know, under those conditions? Um, especially when later in the match we're down. Um, we kick away possession. They get a a, a, a um, call for mark, and they get a you know they get to kick uh, kick into touch and and put the ball down the field and make the United States play out. So um, I thought we executed very poorly. Um, you know we we can't gather out a restart, um, and then um, the U.S. Uh, knocks on and and it leads to a Canadian try. Um, the U.S. Uh, has a penalty. They overkick a cook uh, so overcook a kick to the corner. Um, and again, another 22 dropout. Um, and, and I just thought they, they just failed to execute in almost every phase of the game. And of course the lineouts, once Dolan's out of there were, uh, were very poor and, and unorganized. So, um, kudos to Canada. So kudos to uh, Canada is the theme is that you leave it off there. And for good reason, because you're, admitted, just like everybody else last week, we thought it was going to be a predictable win for the U.S. However, it's nice to be able to see that script is not quite written out, and Canada certainly surprised their opponents. But most of all, we as the fans were surprised to see some of these traditional areas of success for the U.S. were just falling short, as you pointed out, Rob. You know, simple errors, uncharacteristic, the expectations were high, and they just didn't quite deliver. So we're going to hear more about that. But to do that, we're going to swing it over to Scott Ferrara. Let's get hot, baby. So, you know, one thing I was right about last week, I'm pretty sure I said it on this show, was I was afraid of Canada's counterattack on our kicks. And, you know, when we had recorded the show last week, we didn't know what the starting lineup was. And then seeing Ruben DeHassen at nine made me nervous. So, you know, it, it was tough to – was. I gave my prediction as a bigger win, obviously, for the United States not knowing who was starting – but honestly, the day of when I saw Ruben DeHaas get the, the call, I went, mm. you know, and, and last week, too, I said, you know, this could be a trap game for the United States and it, and it ended up being such. Um, it's it's man, it was so hard. You know, Rob hit like a lot of nails on the head, um, you know, specifically for the lineouts. It's like, you know, Cam goes out and the first thing Dylan Fawcett does is overthrow and it's like a 90 meter try for Canada. I mean, it's you know, you can't you can't let one bad throw kind of ruin your night, but it just kind of was downhill from there for, from an organizational standpoint on those lineouts. So I don't know if it was just, you know, a hitch, uh, you know, now you're hitching yourself because you're unsure of your throw or your the timing's off. So the throw is bad. So now you're hitching yourself because the timing of the jumpers isn't right. You know, it's, it's a mental game. It's almost like a pitcher in baseball. You get in your own head, um, but Canada played great. Um, despite two cards, you know, the first card they had after the first card, they went out and scored right away. I think it was within like the first, you know, 60 seconds, you know, so, I mean, they came out, they punched, they punched us in the mouth. I wrote it on Twitter. I felt St. John's was going to be rough and rowdy. Um, I felt it was like, just being a college football fan your whole life, you know, when you're going into something as you get closer to it and you're like, I got that feeling. It's going to be that type of match. And it was what I'm really disappointed of is, is it seems to be a pattern now. And don't get me wrong. I'm not expecting big wins out of, you know, beat playing England and Ireland, but like a lack of leadership on the pitch, 
Like maybe they have too many leaders. I don't know. You know, maybe nobody has solidified themselves as as the alpha of all these leaders. But you know, it is what it is. We got to go round two. So right. So let's rewind there. And as you said, you know, they got punched in the mouth early. And this is kind of a disappointing trend that USA rugby fans might have noticed over a number of years. And more recently, 2019 Rugby World Cup, where they go down early and they just drop their heads and they just don't seem to have a little bit extra to be able to pick themselves up off their bootlaces, drive it hard, get back to the basics, get back to their game plan, because once they go off script, they're kind of just wayward after that and they just kind of lose their place. And to your point there, Scott, maybe it's because there are too many leaders. And is that a high quality problem? Sure, absolutely. But if there are too many chefs in the kitchen, you're going to spoil the broth, right? And just so, real quick, if I could jump on one more thing, it feels like if you're going to use Ruben de Haas to do this UK style kicking game, right. I don't feel we have anybody on the roster right now to go up and get that ball. We have no Blaine Scully type player on the roster to get the ball and, and charge for it in the air. So why are we going to just lose possession on every time if we don't have the guy to go up and get it? And it's one of the reasons, by the way, Scott, why why I wanted to see, um, you know, Michael Baskett in there this game, right? Because I I really felt, let's get the ball quick, let's feed the the forwards, and let's, you know, test the 15-meter channels. credit, though, Rob, that was something you mentioned in the previous episode leading up to it that you enjoyed Baskett. I also agreed from the internationals overseas that last 20 minutes when he came on, he had a little bit of an extra pep in his step. Distribution was faster and greater. And I know they're different styles of players and they're in that position at different times to do different things. We all understand the strategy of changing your nines for a different pace in the game. But I feel like, you know, those are lessons that we learned across the water that we just somehow abandoned here. Um, so I don't want to be able to dive any further into that because I'm sure that Canada has something to say. And representing <laughs> them, we got Doug Wilkie. Yeah, so... This was probably one of the best games I've seen Canada play in years, probably in the last seven or eight years. Um, right away at the beginning of the game, you guys showed your dominance in the in the set piece, uh, lineouts, mauled. Usually we can't defend them all. We can't maul ourselves usually as well, and it showed. And you guys scored. I think it was a penalty try right off the, right off the hop. Mm-hmm. And then we right. get the two yellow cards, and I was I was sinking into my chair thinking, okay. This is going to be a long day, kind of like everybody thought it was. Okay, I, I, there's no way I would have predicted this, I'm going to be honest. And everybody in Canada, we were all kind of facing the music with all the players that we were missing. I mean, obviously, you guys are missing a lot of, a lot of players too, but with the players we were missing, there just wasn't that much hope. But the way this team rallied after those two yellow cards um, improved. I mean, yeah, Dolan went out, and that probably really hurt your lineup. But I, think, I feel like we we finally started defending it a little bit better. Um, we were playing an expansive uh, game compared to you guys. We were getting it out to the backs. We were going wide. We were, tr- we were trying to play that style of rugby, which really excited me. Um, and, you know, it was kind of bringing the game away from the strengths of USA. So I was, I was really impressed for one of the first times seeing them adjust to what happened in the first 10 minutes and being able to adjust to that and improve on it. And it just looked like they didn't take the foot off the gas for the whole 80 minutes. Whereas USA really, their, their level of energy just went down and Canada just stayed, stayed going. And uh, it worked out well. I think the secret for, for me is that, as you talk about that, Doug, was the fact that Canada, in spite of, you know, giving up that early try, 
just continue to, to plug away, keeping possession, right? Feeding the forwards, getting it, you know, getting those two lines going, um, getting the ball out a little bit, testing some of those some of those spaces and gaps. And that, to, to an earlier point, is what I feel the U, USI has lacked for a number right. of years now. Um, right. Yeah, he, absolutely. Good point, though. I'm calling Rob offsides. I mean, he just jumped in on Doug. No, <laughs> oh, Doug my was two done. Minutes was, think, my two minutes was probably almost. I was trying not to get a yellow card for the first time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Canada didn't need three yellows this weekend. But, yeah, exactly. But usually, you know what? In previous games in the last five years, we we get the momentum up and then we knock it on. And and that like for the most part, I don't I don't, I don't remember one blatant knock on, especially like in your end, which well, the, the, the that, that has not been the the case in the last five years. Yeah. So I want to be able to kind of jump in and share my thoughts on that Canadian performance because without a doubt, it was a more spirited game than I have seen from Canada in many years. But it was almost kind of just come from the strength of it being like a, a humble setting in St. John's, you know, it's not the grandstand of, of, of stadiums of large. It's, it's a grassroots feel to it. Um, it was like, a, you know, Canada on Canadian soil with hardcore rugby supporters uh, in a blistering uh, uh, wind that's howling through. It just felt like the conditions and the environment was right for a spirited battle that Canada was always going to be on the front foot. And this is kind of echoing the similar themes that people have been sharing throughout social media about their last time they met at the same location in 2006 with the scoreline was 56 to 7. So they were building upon great history at that venue. Um, but it's the confidence that they exuded on the field that was certainly different. Even though they went seven down early and with a penalty try, you think, oh, man, Here's the referees already punishing us so early on. This is going to, what is this going to be the trend? But as you said, you know, just took it in their stride, uh, lay the foundation down for you, hit phases correctly, keep the ball in uh, retention, and minimize those errors. And, and think of this. Yeah. So, sorry to cut you off, but. You're fine. Not, when was the last time any of these Canadians played in front of a home crowd? So all those arrows on, all those arrows on that team, never really once played in front of a home crowd. And the last, we haven't played at home for a couple of years as far as Canada is concerned. So yeah, you're right. Being in that lunch bucket uh, province out there, um, you know, I think it inspired them and just having anybody to cheer for them probably was, you know, did the job. There's another thing too. If you look at the amount of MLR players on each side, Canada played a more MLR style game. We haven't seen a lot of that, you know, box kick, box kick, box kick out of a lot of MLR teams throughout a match, right? Obviously, they've used that tactic in certain areas, but we don't see it used all the time. I mean, 16 out of 23 of the guys uh, on USA were MLR players. I'm wondering if we maybe have to start kind of rotating back to what we're, we've been playing for six months in the MLR because right. that's what they're used to. That's what and they know. I love that you brought this up because I wanted a way to be able to find a window to bring it up. So when we talk about rosters, um, now, first thing to recognize is that um, AJ McGinty had a, a, a last-minute inclusion, which was great. So we're talking about Carty. We're talking about players that are great, but playing in unfamiliar territory, different positions, right? So kind of to your point, though, about the MLR, well, here you've got a blueprint of success. Right? You've got combinations that are tried and tested. And it just feels as if... Um, you know, I guess the question I'm really trying to ask is that if I was the head coach, 
would I look at the blueprint available that's already successful in my domestic league, pick players, obviously, that are, that are great combinations and use a similar style, or do I take what they've got in the skill sets and apply an entirely new game plan? So, so do you work with what you've got or do you work towards where you want to be? Here's the thing. Uh, I think what bothered me most, and again, like Scott said earlier, we weren't privy to the the starting or to the 23 man roster for the United States. What bothered me as an American rugby fan is Luke Carty should have been a 10 and Will Maggie should have been a 15. You know, if you're not going to put AJ McGinty at the 10 spot. And for right. those that aren't familiar, those are the familiar spots to them in MLR. Correct. M- Maggie's, a, Maggie's a kicker, and that's fine at the fullback position because he can kick for possession. But, you know, when you need to play game in hand, when there is swirling winds and you want to put the, the ball at the forwards, you want to keep it tight a little bit more, why are we, you know, putting him at the 10 and not, you know, dropping him back? That was one of the, mm-hmm. the big questions in my mind. So McGinty showed up to uh, Newfoundland late. Is that why he is that like the story about why he didn't start? Because he scares me. He scares me a whole game at 10. So that's the thing is, is all these travel plans for whatever reason, he was stuck in New Jersey and got to Newfoundland late. And that, that begs another question, you know, him coming off an injury, coming to Newfoundland late, like maybe he shouldn't have even come in. Like maybe he should have, we should have just waited and settled him down. You know, why bring him to New Like, if, right. if so we're rushing him to right. New Finland, well, yeah, if you're rushing him to New Finland, in my head, well, then maybe let him stay in the U.S., put him back to Colorado, and, you know, the next man up in that situation who's been consistently practicing with the team and been there. Somebody explain to me why, if he's going to be in the 23-man roster, why does it matter whether he's a 10 or 20 or, or you know, uh, coming as a sub? Well, the, what do you the, mean? Well, that's my, my point. With regard to, with regard to, you know, with regard to the fact that, you know, he he joined the team late. That's, that's my point. Is like if you, you made this whole hubbub about him joining the team late so he's not going to get the start. So in my mind, you might as well just should have kept right. him in the U.S. and in Glendale and, and move I, I somebody else there. I think there's a lot there. of merit to that, especially when you consider the travel, the climatizing to a different environment, you know. And, you know, like you said, also coming off, an, off a recent injury. I mean, obviously he's been cleared to be able to play. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't played. He hasn't pl- – this is this is going to be his first action. Right. So, like, right. in my head, it's going to be his first action. His travel's screwed up. It's in, you know, it, a different country in Canada. You've been practicing in, in the U.S. Like, all those things to me just felt like the rugby gods were like, maybe you should not temper right. the expectation all for All the signs are pointing to be able to just keep him right. behind for the next match. I get you. Yeah. You know, or you look at it, I, the way I look at it is, is maybe he set a platform that last 20 20- – like he was, he looked dangerous, and I and I feel like the more time he gets, the better. And if he plays the whole game, the next game, it's, it's right. Except for the intercept try. Except for the intercept yeah, try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll hey, let's talk about let's talk about Broad and let's talk about um, Ben Lesage. How good were they this weekend? <laughs> so good. I mean, right. you know, there's two guys that that we really that did stand out for the Toronto Warriors. Let's face right. it, they were they were, you know. Uh, guys that all, all season long, they were guys you talked about. They were guys we mentioned, and and they really showed up and played and made. The, I think they made. They were right, difference makers. And to that point about continuity, when you have eleven arrows players in in your squad, there's an inherent like sort of connection that they have that they can draw upon because they've been doing this on a regular basis. And I did also want to be able to offer the counter argument while we talk about you know the star-studded cast of what the U.S. had, which let's be honest was a pretty good squad and on paper should have walked away with the win, but obviously didn't. 
And in contrast, in the opposite corner, Canada didn't have a lot of their best players available because of commitments in Europe and variety of reasons associated to it, which allowed a relatively young and inexperienced cast of players to be able to take the field and shine in this limelight. Uh, Doug, did you have any thoughts about the quality of the team? Yeah, um, very young team. Didn't really expect much going into it, but they definitely... Sean and the, the man of the match, Spencer Jones from the Arrows. Right. Um, he's coming off injury. He's been injured for like the last year and a bit. And uh, you know, this was this was definitely the best I've seen him. He played right. he played in a few matches near the end of the year, but uh, this was definitely so him and Ben Lesage together, if you know, if they're right. back together with the arrows and next year. Correct me if I'm wrong, was his uh, first test cap, man of the match, um I'm think, sure there was probably something else that he received, but <laughs> a notable yeah. achievement nevertheless, right? And you're first adding, first time wearing the national colors, and you happen to hit it out the park. So certainly he is one of the standouts for Canada. Likewise, the entire team deserves, an, a, a, you know, honorable mentions, but we'd be here for another uh, full episode just going through each player's performance. What I want to do right now, guys, is turn our attention to the prediction for the next leg. So once again, if you are a fan watching here, the Rugby Rant, what we are talking about is the Rugby World Cup qualifying action between the U.S. and Canada. The first leg was on Canadian soil where they walked away the winners of a 34-21 victory. Because it is run over two legs, it is by aggregate the winner. So what does that mean? Well, this means that Canada essentially walks into the next match on September 11th on U.S. soil at Infinity Park in Glendale with a 13-point lead. That means the moment the ball is kicked off, basically Canada is 13-0 up. And, of course, the U.S. is already behind. What we're going to do is throw the predictions around the table to hear what their final thought would be for not only that match, but the overall win for both uh, sides who will get that number one spot in their pool to be the potentially the first to be able to make it into 2023 Rugby World Cup to be hosted by France. We're going to start it off where we end the last round with Doug. So what I think Canada did well in throwing the ball around, playing expansive game, is, is it's almost like in this situation, do they really want to do that? You're already up 13. Do you want to just tighten up the game? But I'm afraid if they try to do that, they're trying, they're going to play USA's game and play into USA's strength. So although I don't think the scoreline is going to be as, as, as big, um, I'm going to say Canada wins this one by seven and wins on aggregate by. Say, okay. So that's pretty good. I mean, I, I like your, your thinking that if you are 13 up, for lack of a better term, do you play it safe? But then you're changing the formula that's obviously just worked for you. So is it a worthy risk? Is it a calculated one? I don't know. It'll be interesting to be able to see. And we can assume that uh, USA is going to run it at you because they need the points. So do you sit back and try and defend? But then how long can you do so? These are all question marks that will be decided come this Saturday, right? Let's hand it over to Scott Ferraro. Well, I, I think, yeah, I think Ty's right as far as Rugby Canada. They should keep their foot on the gas because, you know, if, if you start to power down, you, you lose control of the game. Um, I'm going to say uh, Eagles by 14. 
they're going to win. They're going to win by 14. And it's going to be that one, that one point one margin point. of victory to, to, to push him in there. I think, uh, I think Hanko is going to be Hanko. I have a feeling Ben Bonasso gets, a, gets some minutes this week. And if you guys haven't seen Ben Bonasso play, uh, well, he was his time in, in, at Rooney in the MLR, you just, he, he's a taller Argentinian Hanko. And I think that's the kind of attitude we need. I think, I think some guys are going to wake up this week, bring some attitude 20th anniversary of September 11th. It's a big deal for a lot of these guys, you know, who are around my age, you know, in, in high school uh, when that happened. So, you know, I think they're going to bring the heat. I think they're going to bring, uh, you know, their, their abilities. I think you're going to see a little bit something different out of this team. Well, hopefully so, because there needs to be a spark of magic, but you know, it's, it's funny how, one win or loss can really change the momentum of things. And if, if you look at how the international series uh, went for them when they, of course, were competing against England and Ireland. Now, the first match was an amazing presence. They were dominant in many of the key areas of set plays. Uh, and then the next match was completely different. So now we hope for it to be a bad start and a really strong finish, right? So let's hand it over to Rob. Thanks, Hi. And before uh, I get into my predictions, I want to talk about where I'm going to be watching the match come Saturday, and that's a Tighthead Brewing Company. It is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons, and it's better than Molson. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tight Ed's Tap Room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends, family, teammates can enjoy, socialize, and meet and uh, really bite into those great brews that Bruce has on tap. And we know that there's a lot of rugby coming up there in the fall. You got, of course, this weekend, you got the second qualifier. You got the Women's Rugby World Cup. You got Premier Sevens. You got uh, H. Um, SBC sevens and of course you have the fall internationals I mean the United States is playing Ireland the United States is playing New Zealand what a great place to watch so hey Chicago when you want rugby Tad Head Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst Tad Head it's worth more than a try and um, now for my predictions you know last week I predicted a 42-17 victory for the United States and I, I had to have a come to Jesus moment um, after I watched this weekend um and I got to be honest, it's going to depend upon some of the uh, some of the, the players involved. Um, I want to see Ben Benasso. I'm glad Scott brought him up. I want to see him in the lineup because he can fetch the ball should Cam Dolan not be available. We're not sure what, what's going on with Cam yet. I chatted with him for a bit. He said he was, uh, by the way, evaluated by Canada's doctors. So, you know, um, he he, he kind of called into question <laughs> some some of the some of the hargy bargy from the sidelines. Just saying. Um, but, uh, yeah, if we can get another line-out option with a lanky uh, Ben Benasso when there's a second option, um, I, I think that would be super helpful. Um, I'm going with a, uh, with Scott with a 14-point spread in favor of the United States. They're going to come away uh, and just edge out Canada in this qualifier. Right. Well, I certainly hope that it will be as close as you are predicting because, as a fan, you couldn't hope for an even better finish than that to have it decided by potentially what you might be predicting is a one point difference is absolutely amazing nail biting test rugby which i personally enjoy the closer the matchup the more entertaining it is for me yes we all love running rugby yes we love tries being scored but the closer that finish I think the more exciting it is for me and perhaps you as a rugby fan may very well agree. And if you like what we do, 
each and every week. I remind you, you can continue to follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on social media throughout the web. Make sure you find us under that handle. Alternatively, tune into the Rugby Network every Friday for a new rugby debate here with your team for the Rugby Rant Podcast show. So, gentlemen. Hey, Rob, at, at least uh, Cam got free health care for the first time. Doug <laughs> uh, was waiting for that one. He had locked and loaded. Dude, we, I mean, I only pay 15 bucks for my sip. I mean, it worked for me for however many years I played rugby. Yeah. <laughs> he told me he didn't need the health care. They were, you know, just pulled him off. For, you know, it was all nonsense. Just saying. <laughs> all jokes aside, you will hope that he uh, is good for the next matchup. And on that note, the next matchup, it seems to be that this obviously will be the decider. You all agree that it's going to be pretty close. Uh, it will be hosted once again, as a reminder, in Glendale and Affinity Park, home to the USA Rugby 15's program. We do hope to be able to see a great audience in attendance. Tickets are reasonably priced. What better reason to be able to go out there and enjoy uh, some live rugby than when you are supporting the U.S. and, of course, their uh, Canadian partners uh, in their bid to become the next Rugby World Cup participants in 2023, which once again will be hosted by France. Uh, so I think that's all the time we have available to be able to debate this topic at hand. And as per usual, at the end of each round, I need to crown a winner. And I think on this occasion, I, I, I think I know who it's going to be. I know I'm pretty, yeah, you know what? I'm going to hand it to Rob Hammerschmidt. Yeah, baby. Came with the Finally. Staff. With a opening rant. Uh, I got the monkey off. On the, on the back First time USA won all week. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't need a doctor to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so once again, uh, we have taken time to be able to talk about this past matchup between Canada and US, the first leg of this Rugby World Cup qualifier, which will eventually, hopefully, find both these teams making their way to the Rugby World Cup. And the journey continues this following week, where we will continue to be able to share our thoughts on it. So make sure that if you like this one, come back for next week's episode, where we'll be talking about the second leg of the Rugby World Cup qualifiers with the U.S. hosting Canada, and uh, that will be September 11th. And, and, and fans, hold on, Ty. Fans, don't forget, yes. uh, there is going to be a smooth operator on the mic at that match, if I'm not mistaken. And and uh, if, if you, like me, um, will we'll really enjoy the game, uh, particularly for you folks that are in you know the West Coast, you can enjoy a cup of rugby coffee while you listen to the smooth operator. Um, rugby coffee uh, is a tremendous partner. We want to give them a shout out before we uh, exit tonight. Rugby coffee has several uh, North American blends. You got your Jouet Jouet, my personal favorite, a little darker blend. And then you got your mild blend, the, the, um, and, and that is uh, the crowd favorite. Um, right. But they're excellent uh, uh, you know, uh, beans that you can grind Put in your coffee to get you going in the morning and enjoy yourself some quality rugby on Saturday where hopefully the United States comes away as a 14-point right. victory. Just what better way to start your rugby yeah. day with, with rugby coffee, right? And, and, and that's right. So, and they get 10% of all proceeds back to youth rugby programs. They've done that in Canada. Um, and in spite of us, uh, Rev and Doug here quite a bit, um, we, we love to see that. We, the United States and Canada both need to see youth rugby thrive um, over the next 10 years so that we can really um, put North American rugby on the map 
in a Rugby World Cup. And also, if you see our boy Ty Braga, make sure you get a picture with him. Throw it up on social media. <laughs> yeah, I will be there. Uh, apparently, I've already had somebody ask me, Susie uh, Delgado, ask me if she can get a picture with myself and Dallin Stanford as the South African team. He's got the airways, I got the stadium, right? And if she can, there's free beers in her future from other fans. So I'm always <laughs> willing to be able to help somebody get free beer. There you go. As long as you get a free beer. Yeah. Right. I mean, doesn't it always taste better when it's for free, guys? Let's be honest. Absolutely. 100%. So there you have it. Once again, it has been another great opportunity to be able to talk rugby here with your team for the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, where we like to be able to help rugby grow one fan at a time. Certainly one of those people that's been doing that and holding the torch up proud for his side of the uh, the border is Doug Wilkie. So, Doug, as you know, at the end of every episode, we like to throw it back to our guest to share a few shout outs or a special message. The floor is yours. I just like to say hi to the uh, Arrows Up uh, fan group and everybody up in Canada. It's going to be a, a tough game this weekend. I know we're all going to be sitting on the edge of our uh, seats. Uh, those of us that decided to purchase the, uh, <laughs> the streaming service. But uh, it's going to be great, great game. It's great for rugby, great for rugby in North America. So look forward to it. Fantastic. And on that note, once again, you can find us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on all of your social media that you enjoy. Alternatively, make sure you tune in to the Rugby Network for another great rugby debate each and every Friday, where myself and the team will put somebody else to the test and ourselves with whatever the debate may be chosen by you and, of course, the rugby community. My name is Ty Brogger, your host for today's activities, alongside Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara, and on behalf of Doug Wilkie from the Toronto Arrows Group, we say thank you for watching, and we will see you at the next. Welcome back, rugby fans. Of course, this is the Rugby Debate Show. We've been ourselves and our guests to the test. And this week, we're going to be able to test their knowledge on the rugby streaming platforms for your benefit as the rugby fan. What do these gentlemen think is the best and worst rugby streaming platform for you as a fan? And they're going to tell us who they think that is and why they say so. To be able to open this up, we're going to hand it over to Scott Ferrara. We're still cooking, everybody. So for the best, I'm going to say TRN. And this is why I'm going to say TRN, even though it's only been one year TRN. They have things outside of just the rugby that are rugby related. They have all the shows. You know, there's a little rugby show called the Rugby Ran on there. You know, you have the American Rugby Show. You have all those ancillary shows about rugby, about rugby internationally, about rugby in North America. And that's a lot of what of the other streaming services do you know in the united the u.s don't have so for example things like you know espn plus is going to show you a rebroadcast right of let's say a pro 14 match now the production value is going to be really good as far as what's happening on the field but you don't get the post pregame you don't get the post game you don't get the halftime you just get to watch the field as you know the field guys mull around and fix divots and stuff um as far as the worst i'm going to go all the way back uh satantasports.com um, this is one of the first streaming sites for rugby when I was a kid. Um, and this was one of those things where you would have to pay for like Tri-Nations, $80 for one match of Tri-Nations. One match. You want to watch one South match. Africa play? Yeah, you want to watch South Africa play New Zealand? 
80 bucks. You want to watch South Africa then play Australia? Another 80 bucks. You want to watch the New Zealand Australia max? Another, you're paying 400 bucks to watch the tri, just the Tri Nations and $65 was the minimum for a rugby World Cup match. I think their package was something like 600 bucks for the entire World Cup. So, wow. you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's so okay, I'm going to go all the way. still in operation cuz I don't know. Definitely not. not. Definitely not. Definitely not. But it was the only place by the pricing alone. Well, it was like one of those things where, you know, like how UFC came up before you could watch UFC live. They had they showed it on pay-per-view and then you rented a tape of Blockbuster, the pay-per-view. And that's how you watch the first like six UFC, you know, big events. This was the first streaming platform that I saw when I was a kid to watch rugby in the United States to to watch international. And you can only watch international matches. You weren't watching any of the pro matches. Right. If you're going this far back, I feel like Rob's going to be talking about how he had pirated videos. <laughs> you know? Sent from New Zealand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. I'm sure you, you, you've told this story in a different version before, which is kind of crazy to me because obviously I grew up in a rugby rich culture that you would actually just trade videos among your rugby pals. So you could end up watching game tape from across uh, the world. Right. And it was probably so far outdated that you got to see quality rugby. Um, and luckily enough, we're not in that situation anymore, thanks to technology and also uh, more readily available um, uh, services like, you know, you mentioned TRN, which, of course, one of the greatest benefits to anybody is that it's not behind a paywall. So that has to be one of the huge points of success uh, for the rugby network over many of your other choices. And I'm not going to share any of those other options just yet, <laughs> but to recap, your thoughts, once again, the best and the worst. One more time, share that for all of our fans, Scott. Going the best with TRN, the worst, SaintantaSports.com. Sports. I don't even think I like, can say it properly. Anyways, we move <laughs> on. Let's hand it over to, uh, to Doug Wilkie, who can share some thoughts uh, on the Canadian perspective. Yeah, I, we've been pretty fortunate over the years. Um we haven't really had to, if we're watching Rugby Canada in the, in the past, I've probably only been watching for 15, 20 years of fan. There, there has not been a, this was probably the first game where we've ever had to pay for a streaming site to watch our national team play. So most, yeah, we've been lucky. So <laughs> most times it's been free. So um, the best streaming site is a free streaming site. If you look, go on to the Arrows Up page or any of the, Canadian pages. Lots of people were complaining. Lots of people did not watch this game. So I saw a poll online. Derek Brissett from La Rouge Rugby had a poll online. How many people are actually going to pay for this? And I think it was like 70% said they weren't going to. So unfortunately, they missed probably one of the best matches in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? How do you like uh, them apples, Brissett? That's right. <laughs> Everybody in Canada, listen to us. The check crashed and burned. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the rugby network has been great. It's been free. Being able to watch all those MLR games has been awesome as far as MLR is concerned. We've got things like TSN, uh, Sportsnet World. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, DAZN Sports, which a lot of people have, um, especially if they want to watch European rugby, they seem to have that. So um, it's been pretty good. But lately, I've heard a lot of people complain that there's a lot less rugby on there, a lot more uh, soccer or football, uh, European football. Mm. So um, 
I'm going to go the best. I'm going to I'm going to echo the words of Scott, the big guy. I'm going to agree with TRN and uh, the worst. Run. How convenient. <laughs> and uh, the worst, um, whichever one is not showing rugby <laughs> for the game you want to watch. The zone, then. Yeah, so, sure. So first of all, I want to rewind to something you said earlier. You said that there was a poll online by Derek. And um, 70% of people say that they're not going to watch the Canada game because they had to pay. And, and let's put this in context. Okay. How much was it and how did it work if you were tuning in? What was the show? Premier Sports? So, so it was through Premier Sports. It was, it was, it's a UK company who charged us US dollars. So it was 15 something US. It came to like $20 <laughs> Canadian to watch the two games. So. Okay. So, so 10, yes, bucks per game. 10 bucks for that one game. Right? I mean, how much are you going to spend on beer or like, so in America, generally when you go to the bar, they're going to charge you a cover charge to watch the six nations anyway, usually 20 bucks. So, I mean, you're getting two matches for essentially 20 Canadian loonies. Like, I don't know. That's it. To me, that just seems like people who are vindictive. And also it's not going to help the flow of the sport. Right. We have to, in, we have to put the money in the sport people. And well, you know, you, a lot of fans, sorry, let me go on this rant. A lot of fans complain. Rant, you can't do that on the show. Do me a favor, <laughs> suspend me for next week so I can get a break on a Monday night. But you know, so many people complain about what USAR and Rugby Canada don't do, and then they don't contribute to help the organization. And we can help the organization by either paying the dues, watching the team, buying the merch, doing all that stuff. So, so you know, seeing that That's poll where only 30 percent before the show. Yeah, I, I wish that, Scott. But to be devil's advocate, yeah, we're yeah. also pretty early in in rugby's growth in North America. So then it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Watching it free on TSN, you have way more, or on whatever channel you have in the States, you have way more chance of growing the game and getting more fans. There, okay, so but when, there's no new fans purchasing that 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 stream last weekend. And the, in fact, half the ones that are our rugby fans weren't purchasing it either. So where are we that's now? Point. But, that, but that's my point. You're going to pay. So the expenditure is you're going to pay to have it on TSN because we know when you're putting it on broadcast like TSN, CBS, Fox Sports, the MLR was paying for it, right? So the rugby now, Canada probably Canada, has to pay TSN for that. Exactly. So at that point, in my head, I would make more money by having regular – this is – this match wasn't about the growth of rugby it's about getting into the qualifiers to then get the growth in the rugby world cup so in my head i would rather have gone behind the paywall and have the actual you know yeah the, the real solid fans come and pay but to see that 70 percent didn't want to pay is so disappointing so here's here's my thought that i also wanted to be able to add on to that and this is something that comes from 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 my perspective as having grown up in a rugby culture and then also being introduced to the sports culture here in the u.s where you know, every person is referred to as a fan, whereas rugby in South Africa, we grew up referring to ourselves as rugby supporters. And the key difference is, is that we will spend the money and we will help it grow in, in thus meaning that you're a supporter. And I would hope that rugby supporters wouldn't mind spending 10 bucks to be able to support their nation, to be able to allow to be able to continue that machine to work towards the greater goal, especially if they call themselves an even more, more of a, an ardent fan, right? So it's disappointing to be able to see that. But yes, people are price conscious. 
they they don't like paywalls and and to doug's point which what, are you just tapping into a, a rugby rich audience and thinking oh this is an easy sale we've got something they want it's a supply and demand scenario let's and we have the only exclusive access let's charge them 20 bucks to be able to watch this so is there a little bit of degree of exploitation of that rugby audience right the problem is rugby canada doesn't let anybody know if they're getting a kickback from this or how much so yeah if they said of your 20 dollars, this much is going to rugby canada then sure but it's just like no this That's is how you're going to be able to watch it you're paying this so nobody right. knows are they I getting mean, anything a dollar over the 10 is going back to rugby canada and you go well if they're only getting a 10th you know maybe i think of spending my money some else elsewhere maybe i'll donate the 10 bucks rather uh, to a uh, to them but we, we, we were stepping a little bit further away from the topic at hand and now talking about, you know, the pricing and how much each gets a, a piece of the pie. But let's hand it over to Rob Hammersmith to hear his thoughts on streaming platforms. So, Rob, streaming is something that happens on the Internet. And um, <laughs> I'm only really <laughs> I was playing. I really when Rob was playing. This is new to me. But Damn. tell us what you think, Rob. <laughs> I'm still watching VHS. Um, so, so look, to me, it's about value, right? And and so my best and worst comes from that standpoint. And my best is Peacock. Why? You had the Lions this summer. You had the Six Nations. You had the Prem. And then, you know, for that $4.99 or $5.99, whatever it is, you get a bunch of other content, right, along with it. So, and granted, I may not watch it, but it's there. And so it gives me a peace of mind that I'm getting additional content to watch you know, for the remainder of the month that some of these other things are not happening. And that's why I like Peacock, and it's a good production value. Um, so I, I enjoy it, and, and I think it's reasonable uh, to spend that, uh, my money on that. Um, the worst is flow, and, and there's a lot of other content, but like, okay, um, how much of it for the common viewer has value? I mean, like I can watch flow wrestling because I'm a wrestling coach. There is value in that. But for most other people like flow surfing, nobody cares. Okay. Uh, so I, I just don't think there's the value. And not only that, I'm freaking pissed off because I got in July my free month and I, and I got the free month. And here I'm thinking that they'll just renew for the next month and it's $15. I got a $150 charge up front. My wife year. is all jacked up at me because it's $150. And she's like, what's this flow sports stuff? And and I'm in I'm in the doghouse because of it for the next year, all because I didn't stop my subscription and they didn't immediately convert it to a monthly. They converted it to a yearly. So I'm all geeked up and I hate them. And and it, let me just throw this up there. Um, honorable mention goes to TRN. First year out, they're doing a lot in just the first year. Free number one, ton of value. Rugby Town Sevens, College National Sevens. Uh, college national championships and the college, uh, the national championships, men's sevens. And then of course um, you get uh, the MLR and all that other content. So, you know, right. they've done a lot with a little for gotta, nothing. I gotta, I gotta amend his statement a little bit with, cause with Peacock ESPN plus has a lot of rugby matches between pro 14, you know, super rugby air to and all that stuff for a reasonable nine ninety five, a nine ninety nine. I mean, so think about it. you, you have a peacock. Really they don't do a, a, a Rotorua anymore. 
I think they're coming back with it though. They're doing Tasman Tasman now. Okay. But, but what I'm saying is you're still getting the pro 14, you're you're getting Tasman. So, I mean, for 10 bucks, you're getting almost, you know, all of the biggest leagues in the world. I just want to throw ESPN. That's true. My, my rub with them is I, you know, I would have stuck with them had I know they were bringing that stuff back, but they don't advertise that stuff. Just like they never used to advertise like until the day before uh, an MLR match was going to be televised. That's a really good point. You know, know, that used to drive me crazy. I'm saying there. So ESPN plus was when I first came to the U S that was where I watched it because I can connect with South African rugby in a couple of different versions, you know, the super rugby. And so that's evolved to now as they move North, but they seem to be being able to evolve and, and catch the attention of where the rugby audience is watching overseas matches. But to Rob's point, they're not great at advertising it. I had to like go three levels deep to even find it. I can't do okay. a normal search. Well, no, here's province rugby. I got to go into this category. Here's the this thing. Category, then this category. Here's the thing. They could afford to do that because they have the high level rugby with high production value on the field. Kind of like what I was talking about with Peacock, where like you don't get the, the, the pregame and the post-match and you don't get the, the middle. But the problem is when you talk about flow, you get the same coverage you're getting from ESPN and Peacock, except the production value is terrible because they're not who the people who are producing these matches in certain places are not up to snuff. So it's one thing when we're playing England and Ireland and the production values there and flow can piggyback off of it. But you go to that rugby Canada match in Newfoundland and man, it was a complete drop off. And for 1599 a month is ridiculous. And how about, yeah. how about when they had to go to the, 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 uh, Television review at that one point, right? And the yeah. guy has got oh, the hat, it's blocking the sun in the box top. Not I'm going, really? You couldn't have gotten a tent? Yeah. A tent? Wasn't it? It, re- it reminded me of the Rooney game at the beginning of the year <laughs> at, at that stadium, you know? In San Diego? Yeah. 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 So let's let's review some of the options you gentlemen are all spoken about. Peacock, five to ten bucks per a month, right? I think five is rough. Yeah, I think it's five, yeah. So let's say Flow Sports, I checked it out, 150 a year. Rob knows that. Works out to 1250 per month. I didn't actually find a monthly option. I think that's your only option. Um, but well, I'm getting screwed is, on that then. But if it is, why do I have to go and search and, and to try and find that monthly option, right? It should be available to me. Don't be sneaky about it. Just tell me, hey, do I have this as an option or not? And, and that's where I don't like Flow Sports personally. And also the broadcast value is just drops off, as you said. That was a really good point there. Now, uh, Premier Sports, you're paying kind of pay-per-view model, so 20 bucks bundle. You know, we could argue, is that really worth it? But um, only Canada can decide that, right, because we have no access to it. But, you know, I, I would hope that, that the, the, you know, if so actually, let me rewind. Who was in charge of that feed from Newfoundland? Was it Rugby Canada? Probably not, right? Was it Premier Sports? I don't know. Do you know, Doug? Um, well, the announcers were like Gareth Reese, who's normally a TSN announcer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Like, I have a feeling it was Rugby Canada kind of just threw it together with Premier Sports. Okay. And then s- sold the rights to them. Okay. Then I can't really blame Premier Sports. I don't know the rest of their, their broadcast value. But, you know, if you're, if you're paying premium, then you probably expect a premium service. They show like Six Nations, Lions, a lot in Asia. And, and that's, I was going to, sorry, I want to bring this together. Like, how much would you pay for a rugby network or a net, similar network to, to 
show all this rugby. So, so, and that's a great point, Doug. Here's yeah. what I'm saying. If the rugby network could house all this, have tiers. Okay, so the MLR, you really want to grow it. It's free, right? But then the next level, they get in Six Nations and Prem. Okay, now it's 15 bucks a month. I'd pay 15 bucks a month to get that, and then maybe you can tack on some of these one-off internationals or, you know, and, and we'll go to premium at 25 bucks a month. We'll have to see as those contracts come up because, as we know, Peacock has yeah. the streaming rights for yeah. the Prem and all that. So right. I wonder, as things start to, to turn, what those rights are going to be. And what you have to realize, too, is things like you know ESPN Plus shows a match, and then, yeah, you can get a replay, but for the MLR matches, you couldn't have gotten a replay. TRN has that replay, and if it was a national match, 24 hours later, it was thrown up on TRN, and you can watch it on the replay. You know, so they, so it wasn't just you know, if you if you didn't have the cable package, you could go back and watch the match that was on CBS. Here's a question for the semis and the finals. Let me ask you this, and this may not apply to Doug because you could get it through TRN. But the, the I know Ty, you don't get regular cable, right? Okay, so would you have paid, you know, five ninety nine? Uh, for TRN, if you could have watched the semi and the final in real time on TRN, so that you don't get cable. Of course, yeah. I mean, and th- those are the choices that consumers have to be able to make, and they are price conscious. There is also a high, you know, uh, correlation between convenience, navigation, all these great things. That if you can remove these pain points for rugby fans by bringing all these different uh, leagues together in one house. Uh, that's the ideal. And I think that rugby rugby fans would be happy to pay a few extra bucks to have it in one place rather than right. having to subscribe to three or four different services and each of them having a different quality of service as well. That's that's a big complaint coming out of Canada is that, especially, unfortunately, I have to say it, older fans, it's like it, it they just can't find things. They don't know which stream to go to and everything. So right. if, if there was something that... to be able to find it, you know, and then also, can it be a Roku app? Can it be, you know, that was one of the big things for TRN that became successful. Yeah. Because when they first launched, if you remember, it was only uh, via mm-hmm. your desktop. You could watch it or your phone. And then you would you screen share it to whatever, you know, device you're using in your home. Chromecast, yes, yeah. it worked, but it didn't work for everybody. I remember there was a lot of teething yeah. games. Myself and Scott were online trying to be able to coach people to get better... Mm-hmm. Uh, connections, um, and then they moved it to an, an app on uh, the Roku device. I personally have Roku devices, and my life became so much easier. And that's what it's about: make it easy to be able to view and enjoy your rugby. But we can't recognize the value of TRN without recognizing the, the people driving it, which is Rugby Pass. And Rugby Pass, having, having done a little bit of research myself, I've used them at different parts of, of the world when I was traveling. So their service is great. They do have some geo-locked zones, but for the most part, you can see a lot of great content from all over the world. Um, and it's as little as $1 a month. And then to your point there, uh, Rob, is if you wanted to be able to add a package for the British and Irish Lions, well, then add five. If you wanted to be able to add one for the Prem, then add another five. And so you, you started with a dollar foundation and you tailor-made your own service. Um, so, so I hope to be able to see TRN, adopt a similar model because its foundation is rooted in a rugby pass model. With all that being said, gentlemen, I think that we now know the options. We know that there are great savings. We know some are better than others, but we can all agree that the ideal would be to find one home for the North American rugby fan to get the majority of their content. Um, Hopefully they'll be working towards these. 
But the good news is, is that there are more options today than there were a year ago and even a year before that. And if you go 10 years back, there are constantly more and more options coming available to rugby fans closer to home that they don't have to pay 80 bucks for a pay-per-view or have to get, grab a pirated video uh, or have to be able to uh, uh, to hack the, somebody's service so they can get a free stream, right? <laughs> but where we are right now, rugby is bright, it's growing, and with that, it's audience too. So once again, uh, we need to be able to crown a winner for this particular rant. It's obviously a very difficult one. I, I don't think there was one person that stood out greater than the other, so you're all going to get points. Everybody gets ribbon. It's a tie all around. It's not the most satisfying result, but you know, there's there's great perspectives. Um, you know, we enjoyed having uh, Doug here because he does offer an insight for a Canadian fan that is great value to the conversation. Um, you know, and and for for the rest of, of us here, you know, we've watched different platforms, watched rugby in different ways, different parts of the world. Um, but I kind of, you know, circle back around to one of my earlier points is that we're in a better position now as a rugby fan than we were a year ago uh, and 10 years before. So I hope to be able to see more of this uh, become available to fans and consistently at a more reasonable price. On behalf of the team, I wanted to be able to remind you that you have been watching the Rugby Rant Podcast show. You can find us on the handle at Rugby Rant Pod for more content each and every week on our social media and on the Rugby Network. I think that we should probably at this point get royalties. We said the name so much. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, does bring uh, an important point that you can see us there every Friday for another Rugby Debate episode. Tune in every Monday on our social media to get the next run, pass, or kick interview with another Rugby Insider where Rob Hamish will be the taskmaster uh, directing the questions to the uh, to our guest. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities, alongside Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, the big guy himself, and joining us from Canada, we of course have the Toronto Arrows superfan, Doug Wilkie. Thank you very much. We will see you at... credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.